So I'm a father of one. I gotta find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We know who runs the route, but now it's time. But now it's time to dive into the guys throwing the ball. Welcome to QB Class. Presented by Reception Perception. Here's your host, Zach Miller and Derek Classic. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of QB Class. If you are a Reception Perception subscriber, I'm sure you're used to our Tuesdays and Thursdays show. We have an all-new one coming for you. My name is Zach Miller. If you are on the website, I'm sure you see my name. I've got my fingerprints all over Reception Perception and the website. I'm here today with our QB guru, Derek Klassen, and we are having a brand new weekly show called QB Class, which is everything quarterback for Reception Perception. We've got our data, we've got our graphics, we've got our video, and of course we've got our QB guru, Derek here himself. How are you doing today, Derek? I'm doing great, man. I mean, it's good to, to start this up. I mean, it, it's going to be a blast, I think. I mean, anytime I can get a little bit more space to, to talk about quarterbacks, I think I'm not going to complain about it. So, um, I mean, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm feeling good. Well, that's what we here have you here for. That's what we we pay you the big bucks for is to bring all that QB knowledge to reception perception, and hopefully, the listeners don't mind a little new voices on the reception perception channel. No Matt today, no James today. This is just me and you, buddy. Just just kicking it, doing our own little show. We're aiming for these to be around thirty to forty five minutes, so it's going to be not too heavy. Just a brief podcast, all things quarterback. Um, pick a couple quarterbacks a week that we do charting for if you're not familiar um, throughout the season we've been doing in-season charting on two quarterbacks a week one which goes on the website one which you'll find on Derek's personal Twitter page with a nice little write-up along that as well so this is just going to be some added context into those two guys of 
how are these quarterbacks doing? And of course, any other brain musings we have along the way or opinionated thoughts that we have after the week, which I'm sure we both do and on different levels. So I'm excited to talk about that. Oh, I mean, you've got to save a little bit of space for the hot takes at the end. Come on now. That's that's the whole point of any show. And funnily enough, I uh, I'm heavily in the fantasy industry. That's that's the bulk of what I do. Um, I do some sports betting content as well. But but you don't you are you're purely you're in the film room. You're grinding it out. You've got the analytics, the rankings. So I'm actually really excited to delve into that because I, it gives me a space to learn from you as well, from a depth of knowledge that I, I don't have that you do. I mean, I mean, even on the other end, I, I, I always appreciate uh, listening to, to fantasy people and being able to talk to them because, I mean, it's the other side of the coin where I have literally zero understanding of any of that stuff. It's funny, like people that read my work on the site will be like, what do you think of this dynasty trade? I'm like, dude, I have no idea how to gauge what a first round pick is worth in dynasty so like yeah go trade a first round pick for i don't know cj stroud or like whatever like i I have zero context for what it is so no it's good to to get the other side of the coin as well from my end so and and we've briefly talked about this i'm sure you get some backlash too when you're posting these rankings of like these are my top 12 quarterbacks and you're you're not considering fantasy you know you are just saying like if i had a quarterback to win me a game this week who am i picking in ranking one through 12. I don't care how many points they score on the ground, in the air, whatever. So do you, do you get some backlash when you post those rankings? Oh, 100%. I mean, like on the me being too negative side is obviously going to be Brock Purdy. Dude puts up a million points because he's playing with the Avengers. Um, and I kind of just think he's OK. But then the other side is uh, as actually we're, yeah, we're going to talk about a little bit later. Matthew Stafford, like he's I don't know how many fantasy. I mean, this week he put up a lot of fantasy points, I'm sure. Um, but typically not really doing a whole lot, but you watch him play and it's like, man, this guy is, is, if you were building a quarterback, it looks like Matthew Stafford. If you were building a team, you want a guy like Matthew Stafford. So you definitely get some backlash for, for guys who are putting up points where maybe I don't think they're that good or guys who aren't putting up points where I think they're pretty good. I'm excited to dive into it. Let's start with the front runner for the MVP odds that you mentioned going into this. Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles had a just massive shootout with the Bills this last week on that afternoon slate. I'm kind of shocked we didn't somehow end up with that game in in one of the primetime slots at somehow. It really should have been, um, especially after what we witnessed on Monday night between that that Vikings-Bears game. I, I bet the NFL was wishing they flexed it. Um, but overtime win, 37-34, and we got to see a duel of some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and you actually went ahead and charted Jalen Hurts this week. Talk to me through some of that, what you saw, some of the stats, what you came out thinking with the MVP frontrunner here. I did, and to me, this was one of those games where I think the way you come away from from feeling about that game and and how it felt in the moment is very different from what actually happened because at the end of the game, Eagles win Jalen hurts gets this walk off in overtime. Um, You know, they got a perfect look to run this QB draw, that sort of stuff. Jalen hurts scores like five touchdowns. I think it is. It, it, It feels like an MVP moment at the end of the game. You watch it back. And I did, I charted it. He was like kind of straight up bad for about two and a half quarters in this game and and overall he ended up with a 65.5 adjusted accuracy score which 
is is not nearly as bad as some of the other single game samples I've had this year. Like Joe Burrow had a 44 percenter in week one, all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's not good. It's not ideal. You're usually trying to get up in it, into at least that like 73 percent range. So it was kind of a below average game. And a lot of that is really there were two different things. One in the one to 10 yard area, Jalen Hurts was just not he just wasn't seeing it and he wasn't I think throwing it very well he was it was really hard for the Eagles offense through the air to consistently keep drives going especially early on in the game Um, I mean even just the first drive he had three straight throwaways Um, and one of those was kind of like a there's really nothing he could do about it but at at, at the same time on second down I think the defense is running quarters the Bills run a lot of quarters and Hertz could just hit DeAndre Swift in the flat Take the, the three, four yards you're going to get. Maybe Swift breaks the tackle um, and move on and try to get into a more comfortable third and six. Doesn't do it. Ends up throwing it away. Next down kind of does the same thing. So like that type of stuff continued to pop up throughout the game. Like later in the game, there was a, there was a front side dig he should have been able to progress to. Doesn't get to it. Takes a sack. Later in the game, there's a backside dig he could come to progress to progress to. He gets to it, turns it down and says, nah, I don't really like it. I don't want to throw it ends up scrambling for an okay gain. And then even the first play out of uh, out of halftime, they run this RPO where they have like a stick flat to the side that he's reading. He pulls the ball like he's going to throw it, doesn't throw the flat, doesn't throw the stick. Both guys are open. It's like, man, do something. And he just didn't do it. And then obviously, I, you know, credit to him, he, he did make a bunch of big throws towards the end of the game. Um, obviously, some of the ones to Smith, the Smith touchdown was awesome. Obviously, the Olamide Zacchaeus touchdown was insane but it just is one of those games where there's a little bit of a disconnect to how it felt and how he actually contributed to a lot of what happened in that game sure i mean it it very much like people it's easy to forget that that game was 17-7 at halftime and the eagles looked like they couldn't move the ball and a lot of that was pretty clearly hurts in the short area game that offense just didn't seem like it was moving um until they picked it up in the second half You've, you have some rain game action there too, sure. And I, I do think that probably plays some sort of hand in it, you know, how comfortable you are throwing the ball. But you also see in the second half, he's he's ripping it down the field when he wants to. So he can still throw the ball. You've charted a good amount of Jalen Hurts from last year. I know he had um, obviously a lot of doubters coming into it, but mainly questions on his arm accuracy, uh, not just being a running quarterback, but he performed decently last year. Uh, are there any differences in his game so far that you've seen this year that you think maybe something to at least keep an eye on? He's obviously got that reputation of a guy that just continues to improve in the NFL every year he's been in there, did the same thing in college. Um, but I know there was, some issues in his game when it came to his accuracy across the field, looking at your charting last year, is this more of a continuation of that or how do you think he's improved similarly this year? This does kind of feel like the first time where it's hard to figure out where exactly maybe Hertz got better. Uh, And and I don't really think as a passer, he's gotten any worse. Um, I think he's still obviously one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL, especially a lot of those sideline balls that they love to throw. Uh, he's really good in the RPO game. Some of the play action stuff they do, he's really good at. When they get him on the move um, in a designed way, he can be really effective too. So he's still really good at a handful of things. And my biggest criticism was always 
he just doesn't want to throw the middle of the field. Like he just doesn't want to do it because when he does do it, he actually has the arm strength to do it. You see him make some really impressive throws. Even in this game, he made a couple of really good throws over the middle of the field. But as I mentioned earlier, there were two digs that were open. You could throw them. They're like NFL open. You've got to make these. Stafford makes this throw every time, uh, twice on Sunday. And Hertz just doesn't trigger. And so that's always been my biggest issue with him. And so that's actually one of those cases where sometimes the data can look favorable in a way, uh, you know, where he's not inaccurate to that area. It's just he's not throwing it. And it's like, man, it would be really nice for the offense if if you throw it a little bit more. I would say the biggest difference for him as a passer this year is they weren't throwing as many of those like corner 10 yard outs that like Goddard was just spamming last year. Obviously, he's been hurt recently, but even when he was healthy, that just wasn't something that they were doing. I think part of that is just inserting a new play caller, all that stuff. So as a passer, I really don't think Hurts is all that different. I do think he's a little bit less effective as a runner this year, but I mean, he's had some knee issues. I, I, I think that's really all that is. Sure. And, and across the middle of the field stuff, I mean, talking on some of his charted stats last year, there was a lot of green in his success rate wrap, but the only real level on the field where he had multiple areas was, like you said, that 10 to 20 yard line to scrimmage where he posted NFL average in the middle of the field at the 69.6% mark, and then well below the NFL average on the right middle of the field there, coming in at 44.4%. So the the data in the last game obviously isn't isn't crazy favorable to he really didn't target the middle of the field all that much which obviously bringing up they they just don't throw a lot in that offense um missing dallas goddard as well who who was coming into kind of that role they obviously don't use him every game like you would you would expect but he was kind of a little bit of a middle of the field guy um but they definitely do not run that um, Dolphin style West Coast offense where you've got people streaking across the middle of it. They don't give him a lot of those layups. And, and like you said, he doesn't take a lot of those layups. He likes to throw those those deep passes, those passes along the edges. Um, and he's got two wide receivers to make it really, really easy on him. Where where do you think, think he stands this year when you're talking the MVP odds? Obviously, he's the front runner. After this last week, he checked in. Um, looks like the books have him at plus 200 as a pretty pretty heavy favorite considering Mahomes is second on there at plus 350 so after that big win over the bills he's heavy favorite again what are your thoughts on that I I always end up sounding like a Jalen Hurts hater because I think he's merely good instead of great um but I, I really wouldn't even man this is gonna sound crazy I really wouldn't even consider him as it, like in the MVP conversation if I had a vote um, you know, for my top That's five bold. or whatever. That's big, I know, I know. Yeah. And, and like, I think he's playing well. Um, I, I really do. But if if we're really taking the, the word value literally, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking Lamar Jackson. I'm taking Tyreek Hill. I'm taking, um, I mean, even on this Eagles team, like it feels to me like A.J. Brown is a little bit more of the engine that makes this thing go. And so... I really do think Hertz is playing well and he's having another good season. He's a top 10 quarterback. But when I think of of the true value that they bring to their team relative to some of these other players, especially other quarterbacks, I mean, it, it just feels like he doesn't quite stack up for me. I will always, always be an advocate of, of the fact that I hate that the MVP race is a is a quarterback vote. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's funny that this is a quarterback show and we're both going to say that, but no, I'm 100% like it's the worst. 
No, I mean, I love a good quarterback, man. I, I always do. But the fact that it's like, it's just not even in consideration, really, for another position in the last couple of years just annoys me. Because you, you sit there and you could tell me, like, you're telling me Miles Garrett isn't the most valuable player on on the Browns team. You're lying. Like, there's there's no way. And there's plenty of teams like that. You know, this Eagles team is stacked top to bottom. There's There's cases for so many levels of the field. Like you said, A.J. Brown just changed the shape of this offense when he came to this team um Jalen Carter's up for probably rookie defensive player of the year and obviously is a dynamic part of that but that that team works so well together under Jalen Hurts it's hard not to consider him also he's got such a likability aspect of him he's such a pro man I I don't know if there's anybody that's better spoken at the podium after big wins after big losses after anything the man is just pristine and is like well media verse with the play that's going to win you some mvp votes just by itself play play aside but definitely definitely go check out jalen hurts's profile it was one of my favorite from last year on the reception perception site i think he gave a lot of good insight i think you do a really good job of keeping like a as much as you say you'll come off as like a Jalen Hurts hater almost when you talk about it, I think you do a really good job. You know, it's an, a, kind of an unbiased opinion. He has some strengths that a lot of quarterbacks don't have. But like you've said, he has some weaknesses in the in his passing game, a weakness of that he can continue to improve on. And I think Philadelphia will need to improve on if this offense is going to continue clicking the rest of the year. 100%. I think it's just one of those cases where when you keep winning, people are going to look past it. <laughs> I saw, did you see, um, someone brought this up, uh, I think it was on Twitter, an interview for his pre-college days where they were like, how many times have you lost in your collegiate career? And he was, he like thought about it for, and he was like, four games, I've lost four games. And they were like, you know, that's not going to be the case in the NFL, right? And he just goes, he goes, we'll see. And I mean. of his starts, he's <laughs> lost four games. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Yeah. Hard, hard not to fall in there. Well, let's move on to the second quarterback you charted this week, um, who, who, again, you brought up a little bit earlier, Matt Stafford, who's, who's kind of an enigma when it comes to performance this year because the Rams kind of feel like they're lost in the mud. Um, they're going to be one of those teams that they're in the playoff shot, they might get a wild card round, but no one's really considering them a heavy favorites. And as soon as you have a thing like that, when you're an aging quarterback, people kind of just throw you away. Um, but I know you're a believer in Matt Stafford's game. I've seen what you talked about him this year. He just beat up on the Cardinals. Talk to me about what you saw. Yeah, I mean, even before getting to this game, what you said about throwing him away, I was even guilty of this last year where, you know, he has that ugly Bills game in the opener arm doesn't look like it's all the way there he's obviously an older guy team starts to fall apart and by week six it's like ah, i'm not gonna watch the rams anymore i'm good here like yeah they're out of it what's the point uh, mcveigh might go go to do tv who cares um but then i obviously started doing work for reception perception went back and charted him and i was like wait a minute matthew stafford was playing some ball um uh, and I think that's continued this year. And, you know, obviously the team is a little bit better now. Tutu Atwell has taken a step forward. Puka Nakua has been an unbelievable revelation for a guy who is like, a, I think, a fifth round pick. He's just been, I mean, couldn't have landed in a better offense for that guy. Kyron Williams is coming along. The offensive line is a little bit better. This isn't a great situation, but it's like 
10 to 15% better than it was last year. And that's really all Stafford needed to go from, you know, being buried among, you know, all the other um, worthless quarterbacks, basically, to being able to play like a top 10 quarterback again. And I think even this past week, what's really interesting is, is against the Cardinals is for so long, and especially in, in L.A., since he's gotten there, the whole deal with Stafford is, is you know, he's going to throw those backside digs. He's going to throw a seam ball. He's going to throw down the field. He's going to throw a corner route. Maybe he'll get picked off, but he's going to make some really, really big throws that are going to keep you in the game. This game actually was kind of the opposite where Sean McVay did an, a fantastic job of giving him some really, really easy throws. He was 14 of 15 in the one to five yard area alone. Like they were throwing a ton of flat routes, whether that was the back out of the backfield, tight end splitting out, um, you know, Puka Nakua in motion. Like they were just getting all these different ways to give Stafford these really easy throws and keep the offense moving. And he was doing an awesome job reading it out. And then on top of that, he made a few just classic vintage, vintage Stafford plays. I think my favorite was, I think it was the first touchdown he threw um, where he's got Tyler Higby in the slot. They're like within the 10 yard line or so in the red zone. Uh, He starts to get pressure through the center. So he kind of slides to his left a little bit right after that happens. Left tackle gets beat and Stafford has to just like, Okay, I clearly have nowhere to go. He just like kind of stops and just whips it to Higby and puts it right on him into tight coverage. I was like, okay, if Sean McVay can give him all the easy stuff and then we're getting those plays on top of it, that's what this Rams offense is supposed to look like. So I just think Stafford is is awesome. The fact that they were able to find a kind of marry the offense to Stafford's wildness in this game, just beautiful football. Like, that's how it's supposed to be played. I mean they it, it's tough to lose when you're when you're just hitting at that kind of level with the line of scrimmage and getting so much chunk yardage off of that um and i'm looking at his stats here he only passed 12 times past the five yard line like five yards away from scrimmage that's insane in a game that you're throwing 25 plus passes to only have that many plus five yards i mean kyron williams obviously is a huge factor in that had such an monster game this last week but you you've kind of opened my eyes to Stafford on the year as well I looked back to his profile last year and there is no other word to describe it other than average what he did in 2022 I mean he was at the NFL average on almost every single area on his success rate map in 2022 he was below average in the two areas he wasn't but pretty much everything he was just he's not losing them games but he's not winning them games like you said we've seen a different Stafford this year I think it's almost undeniable that he is not the reason this team is losing any games um and I think he's he's showing us and the the coaching staff here in the NFL that he's still very capable of of the play we saw when they went and won the Super Bowl he's still that guy he's not Detroit Stafford anymore but there is still 80% 80% of that Stafford left. Yeah, he, he doesn't have the legs that uh, that Detroit Stafford had. That's uh, You don't really see him being able to, to run for first downs and, and create a little bit outside the pocket as much as he used to. But from within the pocket, I mean, he, he's really as, as lethal as anybody. And I would say, I, I really think what separates Stafford from even a lot of other quarterbacks that are kind of in this 7 to, to 12 range or whatever, I think what makes him one of the best guys in that range is his creativity within the pocket, just some of the arm angles he can get to, some of the ways that he moves, 
how willing he is to take hits. I mean, even that touchdown I just talked about to Higby, that's where you see it, where you just see like he's going to find a way to get the ball out. And when you can do that and have an A-plus arm the way that he does, you're going to make some crazy, crazy throws. And and the offense is just good enough to unlock that right now, which is just – it's so fun to watch, man. He's When he's rolling, there, there just aren't many guys that are more fun to watch than him. And like you said, definitely always willing to take a hit. That man's been – beat up more times in his career than I think God most of the corner most of the quarterbacks in the he, NFL. He must have like ever it. Been. I mean, I don't know. Like at this point he's <laughs> just he's, likes being tortured like that. Himself. And and to bring up kind of like what you said, the creativity, obviously it wasn't as detriment in this game because they kind of had it handled by a big point. But on on third and fourth down, he converted at a sixty percent rate which is the third highest single game you've tracked so far this year. And that's trailing Lamar Jackson in week two. And of course, um, Brock Purdy in week five, who they, that team just can convert from anyone on the field. But a, a 60% conversion rate on third and fourth down is crazy. Most of those were probably third down too, because I don't think they threw many. I don't know if they went for it on fourth down in that game. Uh, so just converting 60% of the time and, and you chart past success rate specifically, which is what we do here, reception perception, which is trying to isolate play from necessarily wide receiver play from tight end play drops situations, stuff like that. So of the 10 attempts on third and fourth down, he was accurate at a success rate on eight of 10 of them. So on himself alone on third, fourth down dudes balling out, just, just hanging in back there not even questioning that they can just move the chains. If that game was anything closer, I imagine we're seeing an even more vintage Stafford experience and, than we already did. And, and that split is exactly what I'm talking about, where this game they married the the insane stuff that Stafford can do, the stuff that really raises your level, like the third down in the red zone, tight window, in muddy pockets. This game was a perfect example where every time they, they needed a third down, he figured it out. A, a lot of those were like kind of short-ish just because the offense, I mean, he was getting them into very comfortable third downs and he was doing a real job. But again, that's part of good quarterbacking is making sure you're in manageable third downs. And he was doing a good job of that. The offense was letting him do it. And then there were a couple of times where he just made those vintage plays. And it's, uh, again, I, I keep saying it, when he's playing like this, there just aren't many guys who are cooler to watch because the, the talent is just out of this world. My days working, taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Love it, man. I'm I'm excited to see more. Hopefully, this team can can give him some more opportunity in the future. He's under contract through 2025 before they have a potential out. So Stafford's a Ram for the foreseeable future and. They don't have a ton of capital, but Sean McVay finds a way. This offense obviously has enough pieces. The defense really is the only thing keeping them from clicking right now. So I, I'm excited to watch, see if this team can can get a wild card spot because I think Stafford and McVay in the playoffs is is just about as wild card as anybody can be. 
Yeah, if they get there, they can win a game. Those two, that definitely, definitely. Well, we're going to move on here. That's the two quarterbacks charted. Look for Hertz. You're doing the profile on Hertz this week, correct? Correct, yep. Awesome. So Hertz's full profile on last week will be up on the site either tomorrow or the next day. And then all of Stafford's um, graphics are going to be on Derek's Twitter profile. So follow him. Um, but we're going to close out the show. We're not just doing stats here because me and you have way too many quarterbacks to talk about in this 30 minute period to just leave it at two. Um, and this one's pretty relevant. I wanted to bring it up before all of the news broke, but we also are here for clicks and engagement. So we're going to even talk about it even more. Um, with the head coach of the Panthers, Frank Reich being fired this morning, a lot of questions are going to be asked against the Panthers. And I kind of feel like Bryce Young has been like the ugly stepchild of this draft class that no one wants to talk about. No one wants to watch. No one wants to watch a Panthers game. I mean, you you have CJ Stroud balling out, taking all of the hype, all of the, all of everything, the media coverage. And then Anthony Richardson, when he played, was balling out as well. And then he got hurt. So there's not a lot of eyes on him. And then you just have Bryce Young sitting here on this team, just not doing anything. And you haven't charted Bryce Young this year. So I'm interested to hear some thoughts on you. What do you think of his play so far? He's, let me start with this. Actually, the Panthers situation is very obviously bad. It's not good. The offensive line is, is bottom 10. I would say the, Skill group is probably worse than that. It's probably closer to bottom five. Um, and even though I actually don't think Frank Reich was as bad of a coach or even play caller as as I think people were making him out to be, he's kind of a guy who just can hover around NFL average unless you have just a brilliant, brilliant quarterback who he can kind of unlock some other stuff. Obviously, Bryce Young in his first year is not going to be that. Um, so I think that limited things a little bit. The thing is, though, when you watch Bryce Young, it's just like, how is this supposed to become one of those top eight quarterbacks that leads you to to the promised land? Because just from a physical standpoint, I mean, the dude is like 5'10". I know he weighed a 204 pounds or whatever at the combine, but he's playing at 195 or something like that. That's just not NFL quarterback size. And then I think specifically the, the height issue, you can see it affect him in a lot of the ways that he plays. You know, he does make some nice throws over the middle of the field at times. But there's also times where he's clearly gun shy because he doesn't feel like he has a good window or a good throwing lane because there's bodies in his way or because he can't see it. And then there's even other times just the way that he will move around the pocket um, because he's so tozy, like literally standing on his toes because he's short, it will kind of get him out of rhythm and it will make certain throws difficult. Um, and that's not something that's like super apparent when you're watching on the broadcast. But when you're watching him on film, it's like, man, if he wasn't moving like this, he probably wouldn't be late. He could probably make this throw and it would be fine. You add on that on top of the fact that his arm is, it's not the worst you're going to see by any means, but it, it's its NFL average. Like it, It's nothing that's going to really give him any real advantage. So I do think Bryce Young does do some good stuff. You get about three, four plays a game where you're like, I see it. I see what they thought they had when they drafted this guy, where it's either, you know, just an insane throw over the middle. He he had a whole shot in this last game that was like, OK, if you can do that, that would be really nice. If you can do more of that, he'll have a couple of scrambles. So like you see some of it, but it's just really hard to find enough consistent, explosive plays with his limited skill set, I think. I hate what has happened to Bryce Young. Uh, just just personally, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, it's hard to watch him out there. 
he's he's getting his throws batted down at a ridiculous rate. Um, he has more throwaways. You you added this in. Um, I I it wasn't you that I saw was talking about Bryce Young's I, throwaways per I game. I tweeted the, yeah I tweeted this today. He had so the top three games in throwaways this year are Bryce Young. I, I'm trying to remember the order. Uh, Bryce Young in week one I think had eight throwaways. Tied for second is also Bryce Young in week five with seven. Tied for second is also Bryce Young with seven this past Jesus. week. So it's just, it's again, that's kind of what I'm going back to is like he doesn't really have answers to the problems that Carolina has. So his answer is just kind of throwing up the white flag and, and living for the next down, which that's better than like if he was just throwing a bunch of picks, but it's also like not the first overall pick. Let's do something. Yeah. <laughs> let's make a play. I, I feel like I'm having such a hard time evaluating Bryce Young, which is why I wanted to bring it up because you're combining a historically short quarterback behind a horrible offensive line. That just feels like a recipe for disaster. You obviously have the comparison between Kyler Murray, who's also 5'10", but let's be honest with each other. Kyler Murray moves differently than Bryce Young. He has a level of athleticism and speed that... Bryce Young just doesn't have. And what he was drafted for was his escapability in the pocket, also his decision-making and accuracy, and we're not seeing that. Is it because he doesn't have the decisions to make with the offense he's with? Definitely a, a fair question. Hopefully we get to see more of that, but it's hard not to see this Carolina team as just a dumpster fire. Um, and I worry they're not going to be able to salvage his future and we might see a... A, an over before it could even start type of career for Bryce Young. It reminds me so much of what we saw from the Jets for so many years where it was like, God, it didn't matter. You know, it did, could Sam Darnold have been effective in the NFL? Who knows? We'll never really know because he just was decimated from the start behind that organization. And I just see so many glimpses of that from this Carolina franchise with just the inability to provide for their quarterback with the team around them. I'm, I'm definitely scared of that as well. And, and like the last thing I'll say, a, a quarterback like Bryce Young, who is not that physically talented, is going to be a guy who needs to get really good by playing on time and playing with like clean reps and understanding what playing within the system looks like. Like you said, man, he's not going to get that at any point of the rest of this year. And I don't even know if he's going to get any of that next year, almost regardless of who they sign or who they they bring in as their head coach, because it's just they're four steps away, basically. So it's like you said, not dead on arrival. Like, I don't think this is as bad as like Josh Rosen, his rookie year or anything. It's not quite that no, terrible, gross. but yeah. it's closer to that than anything promising. Unfortunately, he's much closer to that than he is to how what we've seen from Stroud, for sure. Yes. But we are, we're running to a close here, but I want to give you a moment because we've talked about MVP candidacy today. Um, obviously, we brought up the odds of Jalen Hurts leading Pat Mahomes not far behind, but I'm going to give you the little podium because you have someone you want to talk about when it comes to the MVP odds. So it, the floor is yours, man. Yeah, my, my uh, speed run hot take here, Dak Prescott is the MVP of the league. You know, I know people tuned out after that 49ers game where, where the Cowboys got... The door's blown off of him, and that's totally understandable. It was good on good early in the season. You're trying to figure out who is who, you know, who's who's really going to be at the end of the, you know, who's going to be at the dance at the end. But since then, Dak has been 
phenomenal, like truly, truly playing elite ball, uh, whether that's some of the stuff that he's doing pre-snap, you know, it's setting all the protections and stuff. He's one of the best in the league at that. Um, they put so much on his plate. They always have. He's just unbelievable. All that stuff. It feels like the offense is in the right play a lot of the time because of what he's doing. The way that he manages quick game concepts is phenomenal. The timing is is immaculate. And then he's one of the most aggressive throwers over the intermediate part of the field. Like I've joked a billion times on a billion different shows and a, a billion different articles. There is not a seam route that guy won't throw. He will throw it every time. It doesn't matter who it is, who is running it. It doesn't matter who's defending it. It doesn't matter if it's actually open. He's going to throw it and he's going to find a way to make it open. And a lot of the times he does. And so he's just a guy who he's playing the position in almost like a textbook fashion. And you add that on top of a couple playmakers that he's got, you know, especially CD lamb, the dude is truly playing at an MVP level. And I, I hope people can look past the stink of like, Oh, Cowboys quarterback. He's a loser. I hope people can really just appreciate what he's doing because he truly is playing at an unbelievable clip right now. Well, I have good news for you on that. He is currently now tied for fourth in MVP rankings with Tua. So it is not as far back as it once was. We're he's, getting there. He's, We're getting he's there. made his way up there after. But I have, I have a feeling we're going to be talking more about Dak coming up on this show um, because there's the stink of the Cowboys not winning against a single team with a winning record. But you know what? We're going to find out because there's some winning records coming up on their schedule. And I am also a Dak believer. You're not going to get a lot of backlash from me. I think he's been nothing but great this year. And we get to see him play some more competitive teams. I mean, you got Seahawks, who have looked bad, but let's move on past that. Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, to close out the year. There's that's that's what makes an MVP. So your your case might be made for you in the next couple of weeks. If, 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 if he wins three of those shootouts, it, he's got it. If he wins three of those shootouts, he's got it. He's got America's fan base locked behind him too. Cowboys uh, yeah. might be the Cowboys fans might be the most bipolar fans in the NFL. If if he wins those games, he's back to being their favorite. In but if I highly recommend anybody that's listening to this, go back and look at Derek's profile on Dak last year. Um, it's one that you kind of stood on your soapbox for and preached over the off season as well. I've definitely tuned into that, the Dak, the Dak love from you. And it's a great profile. It breaks down what Dak does so good on so many levels outside of what this Cowboys office wasn't doing well last year and what they weren't doing well at the beginning of the year that they've kind of grown through. So I highly recommend checking out that profile. We also have a profile on the site for him um, earlier in the year. We did a single game chart on Dak in, was that week 10, right? It was one of the more recent ones, though, yeah. Great profile. I mean, last week. Oh, no, last week was Field, so it was the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the week before. So check that out. That's on receptionperception.com. Derek, tell the people where they can find your work, man. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at QB Class with a K, just like the, the name of the show. Um, you, you can find my stuff, obviously, at Reception Perception, all my quarterback stuff. If you want some NFL draft stuff, you can find me over at Bleacher Report. If you want some pure NFL stuff, some other NFL takes, uh, especially on game nights, game days. You can find me over at the 3013. I appreciate having you here, man. Excited to do this with you week in, week out. We're going to be here every single Wednesday for the rest of the season with our QB charting. 
So tune in. We'll be on the same pages as the Reception Perception podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere. If you don't have a Reception Perception subscription, I'm saying Reception Perception so many times, I can no longer say the word. If you don't have an RP subscription, go get one. We got a price level for everybody's needs. It goes year year round. It is well worth the value. And that's where you can find all of our QB stats on there. Thank you for all tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.